0: Hello, wonderful listeners, I am Pellumi, and you're listening to Imole. So welcome to today's episode, where we'll be discussing the mental impact of the Nigerian elections and protests on young Nigerians. These events have brought about significant political and social issues and changes in Nigeria. I won't really say changes, but they're issues. And they are also taking a toll on the mental health of many young people across the country. From anxiety and depression to trauma, grief, and PTSD, the aftermath of these events have left many struggling to cope. So I have with me a lovely guest, not just a guest, but also a celeb. You know, she's here to share her (laughs) opinions. She's here to share her opinions and her experiences as a young Nigerian. Ugochi is a seasoned sales professional and a podcast co-host, of 234 Essentials podcast with eight years of experience in the retail industry. An altruist with an innate passion for building relationships, her training and interactions give way to her interest in people-oriented service. She's also a trainer on customer service and satisfaction to SMEs and medium-scale businesses. When she's not working or fussing about her passions, I know it's obviously be Nigeria because we all fuss about that. She's living her best life. That's what she told me to tell you people. So she's oppressing us on Instagram. End of story. Welcome to our show, our platform. Let's give you a proper and more welcome to Ugochi. <laughs> Ugochi, Hi, I guys.
1: Help. <laughs> Hi, Pevimi. Hi, you, Jaren. It's been ages.
0: Ages that you didn't come in now. Not so.
1: No. Life is life in Nigeria is happening. It's a full-time job here, but you know, being Nigerian and just trying to navigate every day being Nigerian, that's like a lot going on. But I take solace in seeing your pictures and knowing that you're doing great and well, you look great. So let me not assume that you're doing great all the time. I I imagine you are.
0: Hi, wonderful
1: listeners. (laughs) <laughs> you imagine
0: <laughs> I, i'm trying to do my best you know just trying to keep up you know <laughs> just and there. that's what
1: adulting is really just keep trying
0: that's true you know that's very good motivation for us guys it will never be perfect no one person be the perfect. Life.
1: you know because like you're always going to be caught up with decisions there's always there's too much happening at the same time there's no half there's no half time it's always going to come full fledged into your life, whatever the issues are. So, like, might as well just, um, what's the word now? Might just as well live your best life when you can, really. When the, the, the when the opportunity arises, snatch it. Don't rethink it. it would be a, it'll be nice to do that.
0: Okay, so. Tell us about how you grew up because we want to know your background first before obviously getting into how things have been affecting you Tell us about your background where you grew up how you know um
1: that's interesting I don't think I've ever talked about this before uh, at once maybe um I grew up in a family of six this is mother father and kids included and including myself um i grew up i was very sheltered as a child i I don't know if i don't i'm not to be taken out of context as someone gets inside but like i was i was provided with like the basic life everything at its finest if if at all um i grew up somewhere in Ogun State called agbara estate um myself my family my siblings um experienced what it means to grow up in a decent and working environment at the time um i think my father was able to avail us that much of stability and i'm so grateful for that because me now at you know this is me being 30 plus and i'm wondering how did they do that because is there a handbook i need to read it because now it's so difficult to even attain that type of lifestyle, um, changing the current, like, economy and matrixes. Okay. Oh, hey. Um, grew up with my siblings. I'm the last of four. Maybe in the fourth, of course. Um, lost my father oh, somewhere along the way. Say that again.
0: Oh, sorry to interrupt, but I was like stubborn last born.
1: Oh, no, I'm not actually funny. Until I tell people, people don't know that I'm the <laughs> last child. I'm like the co- I'm. I think I dare say that I'm a little too. Um, I don't want to say mature, but I'm not. I don't give last last born vibes. I think the only thing that really gives me away sometimes probably people maybe guess from where I sound. I have no idea how that works, but yeah. But I'm not a stubborn last born sweetest you'd probably ever meet. Promise you. But I am, I am strong-headed in a sense like if i want something i'm going to do it like i'm going to i'm going to have to do it like i'm not, I'm not there's no two ways about it i have to get it done right um yeah And just bringing to all of that primary school secondary school all in and around akbara um and then having to leave all of that to go to university because eventually, um, I decided I chose to leave, well, leave Ogun State and Lagos to school in a place where I wouldn't say it was strange because um, I'm from Imo State and I schooled in Oweri. It's just like, um, another part about Oweri being the capital. Um, I went to, I schooled in Oweri, um, Served in AKT and then back to Lagos where I live currently um but during my years in uni and after uni I did take some some time to you know visit a couple places in Nigeria I think the only part of Nigeria that I'm not really touched and not inclusive of Abuja is the north um. Everywhere in the south, like all, almost all the states, even all the states in the southeast, um, some states in the south-south, um, of course, the southwest, the southwestern states. Um, I, th- I think I should have touched all of them, if I'm not
0: mistaken. You've been to states in Nigeria.
1: Yes, I actually have. I think plus, 18 plus, if I sit down properly and count it. Um, yeah, I've done that. <laughs> Um, and all of this just was born out of curiosity. Of, or, me, me, I, I wouldn't say at first it started as curiosity, um as it were, I just like to travel first, and then traveling built the curiosity. So, why is this like this? Why is this like that? Um, and I think an unexamined life is the life not worth living. Is that what I said? <laughs> um, yeah. So that's a bit about me. I don't know if Demi say anything. Is there something else you would like for me to impute?
0: Not really. I like that, like, um, good overview. But I just want to know how, you know, going to 18 states makes you different in a way because a lot of people don't travel around Nigeria as much. Most tend to just think of traveling as abroad, like UK, US, so... But... A couple of people do travel around Nigeria, so do you, how would you say with your perspective when you compare yourself to an average Nigerian of your age, like let's say millennial or Gen Z? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: I'm I'm trans. I'm trans Gen Z, but I'm really millennial. You're a proper millennial <laughs> now. I am, but you're I'm I, I can decide problem. what I want at this point. Oh yeah, you
0: say you're trans. You're
1: trans. Yeah, I'm trans Gen Z, but I'm actually
0: sorry i miss i miss generation identified you
1: (laughs) (laughs) i take no offense i promise none at all it's a it's a common mistake
0: (laughs) i'm sorry about that i will use your
1: pronouns (laughs) definitely thank you and i appreciate that um i think I don't know, I I didn't think it was special having travelled a a bit in Nigeria because I felt like that's what everybody was doing Um, until I started to have conversations about stuff like this or centred on Nigeria and I realised that a lot of people really just stay where they were born and do not explore, especially people who live in Lagos Um, I've I've seen no other states that or pe or indigents that are reluctant to see what other parts of nigeria look like as those that stay in lagos and i do not say lagosians just people who live grew up in Lagos. we are very safe and lagos is really is 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 it's, it's heavy so i can't really blame people when um they don't want to leave Lagos but they can't afford to leave Lagos because something is always happening here. You know, it's, 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 it never stops, never ending. It's full circle. And you think to yourself, what am I going to anywhere else? If, you know, if it's not Lagos, but for me, growing up in an Ibo family to, um, a father who was a chief and a very high one at that, um, so something about the Evil culture, the number of feathers in, in, in a person's ha- red cap tells you how strong a chief the person is. Um, and my dad was, made my dad had like a couple feathers. Um, and so because of that, there, there was no season, as well as just him being a, a, an evil man true and true. I think, I, I think there's hardly any evil family. um, of a certain generation that didn't go back to their villages every now and then even though they lived anywhere else in Nigeria and so growing up into that I felt it was normal for people to return to like go to their village in a sense because I grew up in Agra Estate, and at the time agraria Estate used to be very cross um, cultural there were a lot of different cultures and people living on the estates um, ranging from Caucasians, Indians, Chinese, whatever, as well as Nigerians you know in its entirety. So I never felt uh, in a sense the, the difference because everybody when it was Christmas people traveled. So I just felt everybody traveled to the village or you traveled out to see a family member and you're coming back. that's what I just felt. and we traveled to the village because like we had family in the village so it was normal. Um, but then going to university for the first time and being on my own completely, I just it piqued my interest. So what happens here? What happens there? What happens? You know, the questions kept coming and I just said, you know what? I mean, there's not much doing here. I can decide to up and go to these different states if I please. Um, for the southeast, I don't know, but I'm going to all the states in the southeast of Nigeria. I'm a, a boy." um, Abia, um, Anambra, Imo, um, Delta, what, what am I missing? Um, this states, Inugu, okay um, there are all of these spaces, especially because I had friends who also lived in these areas, who came to school from these areas, um, so it wasn't weird. I've been to Benin, been to been to Ondo, been to Osho, been to Ekiti, been to Ibadon, <laughs> um, been to Bayelsa, been to Potakot, been to... Where else am I missing? akwa Ibom, been to Kalaba. Um, I don't know. I, I, the list goes on, maybe. Maybe a couple of states I've missed. But as I said, just the north of Nigeria I haven't been to. Um, And I realized that in all these places, the energy was different. Um, but not as high-tensioned as Lagos is. Um, It was interesting to see how other people lived, what motivated other people to do what they they did. Um, And so coming to Lagos and finding out, like coming to settle in Lagos now as an adult, um, really was shocking in a sense for me, hearing people who say, oh, I've never left Lagos, and I don't want to ever leave Lagos. Which is understandable now especially in light of all the insecurity we can hear from everywhere around nigeria you know so like having those kind of people has actually also opened my eyes to to the um the lack of inclusivity we have in nigeria as people or as as indigens or citizens of the country um and so it begs the question Why don't you? I'll say Lagos has great PR and other states don't have as well, Lagos is the center of media in Nigeria, so it's only it's only fair that they took their own horn a little louder. But nobody really hears about any other state and so if you don't hear about it, you don't want to visit it because you know nothing about it. All you ever hear, which is more amplified, are the bad things that happen in these areas and it makes you, you believe that that's all that happens there um i don't know if it makes me special but it it makes me it makes me think differently it doesn't make me it, it helps better in processing information at large um when it comes to the conversation of nigeria as a country as opposed to those or individuals who Haven't had the opportunity or availed themselves the same leverage to, you know, experience these things themselves. So I don't think it's a special thing. I think it's just willingness. And there's little or none of that when we speak about, you know, when we speak about willingness in Nigeria, we're not willing to do a lot of things. And one of it is we're not willing to know ourselves yet. So
0: until then. (laughs) You know, it's funny you're saying this because I had a conversation with someone today, earlier today, and just a random conversation, and he was saying that because we're talking about just Nigeria's problems, as we all do as Nigerians, and he's not he's in the UK right now. And when we're talking, he said that it feels like even one person being president isn't going to change everything because we really are not willing to know, because we're not willing to understand ourselves. And he was talking about in terms of just like going within and working on your own issues because it's very easy for us to point fingers at this group, that group, this group. But I think more than any, the past, like the most recent turn of events in the country, especially this year, let's just say 2023, it has shown that it's more than one group, whether it is an ethnic group or religious group or whatever it is, it's more than just one set of people. Like we really are divided. And, um, In terms of what you're saying as well, visiting Nigeria, for me, like maybe if I'm comparing both of us now in terms of what I've seen. Growing up, I didn't just, I come from Edo State. My dad is from Edo State and my mom is from Iketi. But I was born and raised in Lagos. However, my dad grew up in Ibadan, so we used to go to Ibadan a lot and spend like Christmas there because my grandmother was there, right? Even though he's from she was also from Edo State, but she was there. So I've traveled around the Southwest. I mean, I've been to Oshun, I've been to, as, as I said, Oyo, Oshun, Ikiti, that's my mom's side. Um, um, also, I've not been to Undo, but I've been to Kwara. And another thing is because my army is a retired general, he was posted to the northern part of the country. So um, in Kaduna, we used to go visit him a lot in Kaduna, so I spent quite a lot of time in the north. I think we also went to Kano and obviously Abuja, and so it's mostly south, the place I haven't, I've not even been to my own state, and I'm kind of ashamed to say that I do stay, because I want to go, I don't know why we were so sheltered growing up, but um, go to the south, south, south southeastern part of Nigeria, I really want to go to the east, I've really, because I've read so many books, many things, even I've been a fan of Chimba Manda, when she talks about childhood in Enugu, or write stories about Enugu, Really wanted to visit, but I think part of the problem why I've not seen that much of Nigeria is because I lived in the UK for like eight years, so that took a certain amount of time. I mean, so far, but then when I moved back to Nigeria, I moved to Ghana. So I think also living outside Nigeria in other countries has shortened the you know opportunity to see. But I really want to, and I security is a big issue, and how people spread propaganda because even my dad is afraid of me going to Edo State like for whatever reason I don't know maybe because he's in the army so he's like very he's very big on security and very big on stuff like that so for him I think it's more or less (laughs) alright you don't need to be thing, or you don't need to be going around or maybe when they'll say when Nigeria is better but we don't know when that is and it's so sad you know and that just brings me to my next oh sorry just go on oh no
1: um just to just to um add to what you're talking about you mentioned propaganda and um it is spiked up um uh, it, like it stood out for me because i recently spoke about propaganda on, on my podcast and it's just that thing where um the more you call it, people the thing, the more they become that. And you, you tell that in stories and those stories continue in the culture and just keeps going. Um, and it's crazy how people follow this to the T and are not swayed by or, or, or eager to question, oh, but why have they said this? You know, it's how you just mentioned also that um, your dad doesn't want you to go to a two state. I was in Benin two years ago. I took a road trip to Benin City, actually. That's how interesting it was. And because I don't know whether, I don't know the audacity and and the bravery that, you know, spore up in me because I'm thinking to myself now in retrospect. My man just like, I've traveled these roads for the longest time. And I, yes, they have, it hasn't always been safe but like it wasn't also as bad as we imagined you know um i think that you should take the journey especially try with more familiar places try to also um i mean go with a group of people if you can if it's possible to have security with you that would be great i know that right now even traveling that road trip in nigeria is like suicide mission but like it didn't used to always be like that you know what i mean um and that's so sad um i also feel like a lot of what is hindering us from you know connecting as much in the country is largely propaganda you know people say oh if you go to this place they will do this to you um not necessarily that's not how it works because good and evil people live together that's what the world is a careful balance of both good and evil you know um which is why like I, I don't know for the for the life of me i've always i'm that person who when you say ah oh, this person is a bad person i say, oh i want to meet the person because i don't know maybe you two you're bad and that's why they giving you bad energy <laughs> you know what i mean but yeah i mean what whenever you have the opportunity to i think you should definitely visit the east is really beautiful um inugu looks some somewhat like a in terms of its landscape um um, and I think that, that that would be beautiful to see um, especially because like they share boundaries with the north as well well belt share boundaries with them being in the states so maybe then but it's also a beautiful place and I think like if you ever get the opportunity to see for yourself you know
0: I definitely will like that's something I want to do and I guess that will even lead us more into today's topic because praying and hoping and wishing is like something that as young people uh is doing and because like i know a friend of mine was telling me that our parents generation he feels like nigeria did more for them than it has done for us like a lot of things we get down to the point of okay i've taken road trips here in ghana and i felt so much safer like you don't even understand and it is so much safer because the roads in terms of general roads tend to be better and i'm not trying to throw nigeria under the bus like that is my country i love nigeria but nigeria needs to be able to speak the truth to ourselves so it's mostly like um it's much safer here the buses even going and obviously it's a much smaller country you don't hear as much about somebody getting kidnapped and people like i who's looking for someone who works for her. She was meant to go and see her family. They can't find her. Like, these things happen a lot. Even within Lagos, it's not even about traveling outside Nigeria. That's the thing. People enter Ubers in Leki and they can't find them. Like, it's freaking He's You know what I mean? So, like, can you even tell us about your personal experience in the previous elections, both the presidential elections?
1: I've probably had a PVC since 2011, but the first time that I voted was this year, so I'm the first time voted. Um, I, at different times, had wanted to vote, but just didn't feel the need to, like, I wasn't inspired enough, so I don't think it was really question of um, whether or not the candidates um whether or not i wanted to vote but more like the candidates not just being all all too convincing for me but regardless um this election i would say you know a strange reason a quick segue when people say oh this election was was free and fair i kind of somehow see what they mean i'll get to that um so we went to, I, I got my PVC because um, I changed locations. Um, so I got my PVC, went in to vote for, the presidential election it was held on the 25th of February. Um, and my polling unit was just like down the road from my house. So just around um, where I stay. I stay in the key um, and I stay close to a Monarch here in the key. So all the polling units were just around um, the NOMAX palace anyway um, the presidential election for me saw a lot of hope in, in, or, or sprawled a lot of hope in people because there were a whole lot of people outside like people came out in mass to come and cast their votes I have not seen like since after NSAS, NSAS this was probably the next time I would see Niger- young Nigerians or Nigerians in general come out in mass again to put their voices or their mandates to what they believe in. Presidential elections were beautiful. Um, I got to my polling unit as a, at about maybe eleven a.m. ish. Um, I got accredited and got on the queue to vote, and then all of a sudden, what we saw was like a lot of chaos just coming in different places. And then there was this boy that they were beating mercilessly just like at my polling unit. Like they beat, they were about to take his phone and then they were shouting and this, the boys were shouting, go back to Anambra, go back to Imo, go and vote wherever you want to vote there. Leave this place. Go to Emo, go Leave Lagos. Don't come here and come and vote anybody that you want to, you know, and they were speaking Yoruba and then shouting at the top of their voices anybody who brought out their phone to make a video even take a call they would rush the person and start beating the person Scatter different ballot boxes because people had already started voting scattered different ballot boxes through one of the polling unit and ballot boxes into the gutter so like that whole um, um, polling just cancelled because i mean they couldn't retrieve anything from that it was so crazy um and you know just raising their voices as regards to who they would rather um people vote for so there was it, the obviously presence of voter suppression and intimidation for the first time i saw it real life this wasn't something i read in the news or something it was it was it was what i saw real time happening right in front of me but regardless one beautiful thing about nigerians is how resilient we are um and we still stood after they had scattered and done all the all the crazies that they wanted to do and had in their minds to, to, to show um, luckily the army the rest army's response time was amazing they, they rolled in and you know all of that fracas was settled we, voted, we casted our votes. We were able to even wait for the votes to be counted. Um, there was so much hope in the air. People were happy because the results were looking favorable. Um, all that mess, you know. And we just stood together because we believed that for, I mean, I think, and also I think the consciousness for towards the election was also heightened. I think um lot of my friends Say to me, say, oh, now I didn't know that the elections would be like this. I'm so interested now, and I'm like, yes, because you've become the more vibrant um, and active part of the economy. Hence, why it is now on you to ensure that you choose decisive leaders, people who are empathic and who care for the people. Not just being a backbench, a back backbencher and waiting for whoever you imagine you think would go and cast their votes and do their civic duty of casting their votes at the polls, and so for me it was it was it was it was all inspiring to see that much people come out um, to votes uh, to cast their votes and you know ha- being happy also at the results or well, the expected results hopefully. <laughs> Um, for the, um, governorship elections, that was completely different. The energy was different. I think that held on the 18th of March, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it was moved from the 11th to the 18th, um, a week further to give, um, I make the chance to rectify whatever glitches they had due to the previous election or, you know, I don't know if one would say they had taken feedback and um had rectified whatever issues that they were having but then again we saw it prevalence of still the same thing um faulty omitted results um um edited results um voter intimidation again and suppression i i mean the atmosphere for the uh, um the gubernatorial elections here in, in Lagos was way different from the presidential elections. Fewer people turned out, especially because, here in Lagos, because there was um, com- there were talks about a lot of tribalism going on then. Um, and, you know, I had a friend who, her polling unit was in Aja. She took, she trekked all the way from Shango Tehudu to Aja to go and cast her vote for the governorship elections, and she was at the entrance turned back because they said she looked evil um spoke evil to her uh, spoke your to her and she because she moved from lagos she moved from Patagon to Lagos like three years ago and so they spoke your to her and she couldn't understand anything of what they were saying and they were like better leave this place before we kill you and that's how she trekked back to Shungo Tedu without casting her vote so yes there was a lot of voter, voter intimidation and suppression more than in, during the gubernatorial elections than it was for the presidential elections. In my opinion, turnout was very poor. Um, previously, we had seen we at my polling units were like 119 reg, um, registered um, voters. Registered voters were 750. Yes, that's a huge margin. But then at the gov, at the gubernatorial go- elections, we, we turnout at my polling like 20 people. Thirty people, in comparison to the hundred and something that came out to vote. You know, it was terrible. It was really bad. I literally almost didn't go out that day, um, save for a call from my mother that charged me. She said, "But well, you're a taxpayer in Lagos. Might as well go and decide who 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 who, who spends or, or how your your tax your tax is being spent." And I was like, "Yeah, why am I not going to do that?" So I stood up. I went to my polling unit, casted my votes. Unlike the, go- unlike the presidential elections, I didn't wait for it to be counted. I was taking a walk home and I was just passing by this polling unit and I see this guy, obviously a thug. He's like, he does this slice throat thing to me and some women standing there. And I'm just like, I don't know what's going to happen here by need to. Um, and that's how you know that day ended for me. And I was so grateful that I left with my life and and everything intact. Um, no no visible or or um, menacing thing happened to me, thankfully. Else, other than the guy who did the sign, and you know, thank God I go home in one piece. But yeah, the the elections just. It just gave, it gave rise to a lot of uncomfortable conversations that um, I think for me were shocking at a point because I was just like, but this has always been, <laughs> you know. Um, um, tribalism became the headline of the, especially gubernatorial elections and people saying things like, if you're not a Legosian, don't don't vote in Lagos. Or if you're not a Yoruba person, you shouldn't be allowed to vote in Lagos. And for me, um, I saw a lot of people, especially Igbo people, well, everyone, let me not say especially Igbo people. I saw people like, you know, especially in my generation, being stunned at this, like, oh, my God, why would they say that? But I'm like, but that's what happens at every election in Nigeria. The problem is that um, the government has always written hard, and it's all pun intended, Um, on the fact that Nigerians forget, something happens, we forget it. Um, Documenting these wars have also not been our strongest suit. Things happen, um, atrocities have have happened in the past in Nigerian history, but the thing is that we've not had as much um, journalists, in quotes, everyone is a journalist these days something happens right now everyone is talking about it everyone is giving their own uh, version of events you know we've not had as many people raise their voices at the same time you know speaking about it and that's why it now feels very brand new um this is not to say that the generations before hadn't spoken but it, it was just a thing where they were, it was more manual than now that everything is g- digital. You don't have to even be physically somewhere for you to talk about it. And news travels really quickly these days. So it's easier, it's, 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 more, it's more prominent now than it has ever been in the history of, of Nigerian elections. You know, I mentioned something earlier when I started this conversation about how it is, um, why I, I think I, I get why, you know, some people are saying, oh, this is the most credible election that has ever happened. This is the first time that Nigeria is actually even allowing something digital to happen for this long. We've always done it manually, we've always had to do everything manually, and so based on change, of course change will not happen at once, I think that's another thing that we forget as people, the change that we're expecting is not going to happen instantly. It's going to take time, and it's going to have different phases and different faces. There are going to be stages to this change that we are asking for, because this is also us taking the long walk to unlearning all the all the ills that we, we grew into, the propagandas we've been told, the stories, the lies that we've been fed and believed till now. This is the process of us unlearning that. I think what this election has done for me the most is that it has it has awoken the spirit of questioning. Everyone is questioning. Everyone is asking why, what, who, when, how. There are more people asking those questions. And for me, that's a win. Um, The more we ask, and I hope that we keep the momentum going and we continue to solidly look for answers, the more we demand for change. Especially because we have more young Nigerians who are enjoying, who, who can see the level of enjoyment, if I dare say, that can be attained here in Nigeria. You know, we're tired of going to other parts of the world and being second-class citizens just because we can't make our own, you know, we can't make our own work for us. And I think we just have more young people saying no. I mean, when I say more young people, the demography in terms of percentage has here in Nigeria has has to see more young people than old pe- than older people, right? The age from the ages, um, from ages seven to forty five. This is such a huge range. This is such a huge class. Regardless, has way more people than before and after. You know, so yeah, we we have we have the numbers, and this number of people are now asking the question you know asking more questions and i hope that we were were able to find more accurate answers that lead to our growth as a collective because that's at the end of the day should be the only goal goal, you know yeah
0: yeah i agree with that i mean i really like the way you analyzed everything you really you really did you said it better than i could have or anyone could have obviously because i wasn't but you you did say something about um how it was credible in a way because there's more use of technology. Me, maybe outside looking in because I wasn't there to vote. Like, it just looked like a hot mess. I am not even going to lie. It looked like such a hot mess. Beavers was conveniently not working when it was time. Like everything just felt staged. So let me even get to like psychological impact of what you experienced because as an Igbo woman, as a young Igbo lady like what are the psychological impacts of what you experienced in terms of the tribalism, especially when the hate was targeted towards people during the gubernatorial election so yeah so how has it affected you psychologically and also people around you
1: um I'll say that I, I cried a lot during this period um My emotions fluctuated the most and none of them were happy. (laughs) Um, hmm. I'll say it this way. I think I was, I've not been exactly ignorant of the tribalism that there is in Nigeria. And I say this because I, um, I mean, I was born in the early nineties and I said 94 when the um, first hopeful democratic, um, democratic election had happened, um, which like led to the arrest and eventual death of MKO Abiola. There was something in Lagos at the time amongst Igbo people called Osa Abiola. So Igbo people were being chased out of Lagos as at 1994 for the death of Abiola because there was some conspiracy going on then talking about or oh, Igbo people wanted to, they want to rule Lagos, and so they supported the opposition, or they supported this one. Anyway, based on, uh, uh, what's the scapegoats? goods, Igbo people were the next target to, you know, for, for the people of Lagos. The indi- I don't know if it was the indigenous people, or the Yoruba people who live in Lagos, but like Igbo people were the, the center of attack, and I remember then as a child, even though at the time, I lived in we lived in Ogun state but the ibos in lagos were you know running helter skelter setting up their properties running to the east you know for fear of um a repetition of what had happened in the 1960s you know to repeat itself again and so they just you know started running back to their hometown um but i remember then my dad my father saying listen if this if this shit gets too serious we're going to ghana you know and there's just all of that i've, I've i grew up already hearing about stuff like that so it, it wasn't necessarily um strange to me. Um on my pod I said something um I'm female i are from MbC so I have lived a life where segregation has always been put in my face so to speak. Umb is my local government which is where I'm from in Imo State and you know just also among in the people of Imo, you still have some segregation as to, oh, you're from Olu, oh, you're from here, oh, you're from there. There's still that beef going down. I think every tribe has it, you know, I'm, I, I imagine. I see, like, um, I see sparks of it in different tribes. Um, but also, I've never felt as segregated or attacked as a person. As I've been in Lagos. Lagos was probably the first time that it was so clear to me these three things. Um, first of all, f- from looking from for a house to just even living your life as a person, just like, oh, she's Nah, where will she be? No, leave her, you know, stuff like that. You hear comments like that. You hear comments like, oh, Omoibu, Omoina, you know, stuff like that. It's just, it's so wild to me. Um, it's. It was interesting for me to see um, friends who um, I have known for a while who haven't experienced this same thing. It was painful for me to watch them go through it. I mentioned a friend of mine who relocated from Port Harkot to Lagos, and for the first time, she was she, she was faced with tribalism, and it threatened to kill her she had never experienced that before and it really deeply hurt her she cried so much like it, it, it hurt me in ways that I can't imagine right now I can't even express myself because how do you say to this person that oh no it's not like that how do you say that because I didn't experience it the way she did I'm just even coming now as an adult to be told something like that so it's so dehumanizing in itself you know what I mean um, I'll say that it's it's a traumatic thing, it's a traumatic experience. I remember growing up, um, I saw some Igbo parents that gave their children Yoruba names just to keep them safe for periods like this. I also saw Igbo parents who had to learn Yoruba so that if ever a time came when they're questioned, um, especially I say Yoruba because this is the part where. Um, I've settled the longest and the Southwest is a part the part I've settled the longest. So I've interfaced with a lot of people and it's just that thing where you know we're constantly having to leave or walk on eggshells um, because we don't want to stir up any attention. We don't want to be we don't want to, you, you do, we don't want to be the focus of anything so that nobody points a finger and say, oh, this is an evil person in a sense. And that, for me that's living in the shadows. Which makes no sense. And we're okay with that, you know, in Nigeria. We're, like, as a people, we're okay with saying, oh, this person shouldn't do this here. You know, it's, it's, it's legit giving slave driver and, you know, it's giving slave and slave driver energy. And it makes no sense. Very
0: much so. Yeah. yeah
1: it's, it makes no sense to me. If you we say, we're well, the free people of Nigeria, how dare is it, how is it even possible that you're able to say, Oh, kill this person because this is where this person is from. But I am Nigerian. I'm not a, I'm not an outsider. I am a Nigerian. It's so crazy. I, it, I,
0: it, that really, really even just, again, I'm interjecting. What to me was when I saw a lot of Nigerians from, who are currently living in the UK or in America. Mm-hmm. I know this social media handles, not people I know. But I really went in their papers and saw some of what they were posting. And I just thought to myself, if a white person, if an American eye, a police officer should threaten you, or maybe some member of the country should happen, yeah. you'll be the first to cry out racism, white supremacy, uh-huh. that. But you will support this type of a thing happening in your country whenever uh-huh. you're they will live in the country they'll never be subject to that because they have another passport they can easily just check out i just thought it was the height of wickedness and yes mm-hmm. just i did slavery and slave driver like way of thing that's actually very true i felt that a lot i felt that energy a lot
1: yeah because there's so much aggression towards a, a certain tribe and was sitting pretty and okay um, during the elections, um, I remember this tweet that went viral from a certain popular just food influencer, food lifestyle influencer here in Nigeria, where she was saying, "Oh, they, they didn't let she you know she gave she put out a video snippets where at the polling unit, the, she she and her husband and maybe her friends or whoever she was with at the time at that at that point." She put out a video and she was like, oh, um, they didn't allow us votes because they said we look Igbo. At first, in my mind, I'm just like, yeah, precisely. Like, where do you draw the line? What do we mean by looking Igbo? Do you think we need to go back to having tribal marks so that people can differentiate themselves? Or what exactly is it? And then on the flip side, on deeper thoughts, I thought to myself, is this person angry? there is a tribe in nigeria that is segregated and marginalized or is this person angry that they think that she looks like that tribe that's my question and this is my question for every person who is not evil you know are you angry because this is injustice being done to a fellow nigerian like you or you are angry or upset or you're raising your voice because you are beginning to be you, someone is mistaking you for that tribe. Because was on the flip side, if it was a thing that this person had gone to her polling unit and they let her in, there'd be, in a, be in a situation where she would have gone in and she'd be like, ah, oh my shell, ah, can you imagine? They are not allowing evil people to enter and just be like, oh, turn it to the dust and keep going. Or you would have stood up to say. Why should they not vote? They are here in Lagos, they are Nigerians, they pay their taxes here, they work and live here. Give me a reason why they shouldn't vote. Would that have been the situation? Would that be what have played out if um, this anger all of a sudden has spun up from somewhere and now you're upset? So then again, we need to now ask ourselves how upset are we? Um, Remember when we spoke after the gubernatorial elections where you had expressed shock to me um, and you you were just really distraught about all that was going on and how insane it is that at this level and this point in Nigeria's booming history, we're talking about who is evil and who is Yoruba when we, we should be focusing on the problems that we face as a collective. You know, after speaking to you that day, I said to myself, I was I, I, I gave myself a new a new quest. And I'm on a quest asking my friends who are non ebos what do they tell you in your homes about evil people? Because for this um for, for this for, for this level of hatred, it has to be festered somewhere. So it has to be festering from somewhere. So I'm really interested. Like when I meet my friends and they are non-Evos, and I say, "What did they tell you about evil people in your house?" Because it's all propaganda. It's all propaganda from probably the first coup in Nigeria, and how the key players at the time were Evos. But all the coups that happened after that had nothing to do with evil people. Still. We are complaining about Igbo people wanting to take over. Igbo people want to do this. Since Nigeria had its first democratic election, successful democratic election in 1999, an Igbo man has never ruled Nigeria till date. So where does the hatred stem from when you say Igbos want to take over? Take over what? I have never been prouder to be an Igbo person than right now. In fact, I've been proud for the longest. Because if you can come from having, as Nigeria has called it, a civil war and having to be integrated back into the society with just 20 pounds and you're able to grow from the ground to this point and still be a threat to desert people who have disenfranchised you, then you must, there's something about you. Definitely has to be something about you.
0: There really is. Do you get what I mean? I think it's hard for people like me to understand because I didn't really grow up hearing anything by the Bible people. I mean, mm-hmm. besides the fact that people are very smart, we are doing business with them, eh? ah, you have to be careful, blah, blah. But yeah. that was just propaganda because I've been cheated by different people. But it wasn't even so much mm-hmm. cheating, it's just that ah, I had money, they're very sharp, blah, blah, blah. That's mm-hmm, the only mm-hmm. thing I grew up hearing. And I won't say that's propaganda because and I read Nigerian compared to like everybody else in the world is sharp and likes money. Like it wasn't just an exactly. evil thing. It was just, you know what I mean? So to me, uh-huh. it wasn't really like just answering your question in terms of propaganda. I don't know what they tell uh-huh. them in different homes, but from what I just think it is with the politics, it was just straight up them trying to sow seeds because even people in my dad's generation, a lot of them, my dad was like, what the hell is this? Do you get what I'm trying to say? Like, it was just, all of a sudden, these people break bread together. They don't care if you're able Igbo house or whatever it is when it comes to making money. But all of a sudden, now that it's time to vote, because of the whole Peter B thing, and I think a lot of people came out to vote in Lagos, and you don't want to uh-huh. risk not going to, like, a non-APC candidates uh-huh. it has uh-huh. coming, and even like the sad thing not to get too deep into the politics but the sad yeah. thing about the whole was that like um grv that they kept saying was evil links to Ipop or whatever it is like he uh-huh. is actually lagos, like, lagosian like his pops is actually exactly. from lagos, Someone from lagos State. And just, yeah he's in lagos indigene and i was uh-huh. just like so it's he cannot get to rule because his mother is evil, because his name is she Chine- and we're calling him Chide. Oh, uh, do you get what I'm trying to say? Uh-huh. Now, fair enough, he may not be the most straight savvy person, in my opinion, uh-huh. but at the end of the day, it's like I mean, I don't know, I don't want to get too deep into the politics, but we, we yeah. the streets savvy people have been forming. Have they helped? I mean, yes, they they're willing to break and destroy the people that they're trying to lead. That should tell you something. Uh-huh. You know what exactly. I mean there was no reason for them to bring up this evil versus there was no reason for that besides just trying to turn people against each other and it was so sad to see so many people fall for it you know what uh-huh. I mean it was just because I was just like why on earth do you why are you are you hating is there like some I don't know because there has like you said there has to be some deeply entrenched hatred for you to have just flicked uh-huh. like that during was like that was not uh-huh. normal I mean, and I was going to ask you, like, how did it affect people around you? Because obviously, you know, people who are your, but you probably worked with certain people who have a certain yeah. mindset. I think, did any one of them surprise you during the elections? Like, were you surprised to find out? Oh my God! So this is what these people think of me.
1: Um, no, I wasn't. I don't think I was shocked, because as I said, um, I don't think these are seeds that are planted. They are they are trees that have grown. <laughs> Not, not they're not seeds anymore. I, I think the the uh, our politicians are well aware how deeply rooted tribalism is in Nigeria, and so they it's like a, it's like a plaything for them. They they pick and choose at what point they play these cards. Um, I don't think anybody shocked me. I think what shocked me the most was that people were shocked. I think I think that's what it was for me. Because I, 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 said, I said something um, through the course of these elections. The presence of silence should not be mistaken for peace. Just because people are quiet about it and have been silent about it doesn't mean that the people have lived in peace. And I think that's where, where, we've, where, where we've had it all wrong from the jump. It's just that um, as, as we evolve as people... Um, you, you know when if you tell me if you coming from europe I mean, if you tell me oh I don't I do I don't see this I, how can how can you be talking about this I can understand your dad is from Edo States and your mom is Yoruba, but your dad is is part of the sector of people that would be also termed or because he's from the he's, he's from, he's from, he's, he, where he's from is towards the southeast of Nigeria you know and so probably it's it, it, it won't be a conversation that will be prevalent in your household because he's also not a Yoruba man in a sense. You get what I mean? Um, but I don't think that anything shocked me. I don't think there was anybody. I did see people around me being shocked um, or, you know, distraught by this information. But to me, it's, it's what has always been and what has always played. And it's a... All too familiar reality for me to pretend like I'm shocked. I think what, what was more annoying was for me, uh, more than anything, when Nigerians and young Nigerians in diaspora writing or commenting and saying really foolhardy things. Because in my mind, it's just like, oh, well, you're young. What's the importance of your enlightenment if you're not enlightened to the point of questioning? Why can't you ask questions? Why don't you see beyond what you're being told and take the further, you know, take the further step to find out for yourself what exactly it is. Um, I wouldn't say that it's even a thing where um, I haven't had my own prejudices towards different people. I have, but not because of their tribe, but more of their personality. But I've had people have such reservations towards me because I am evil. Um, I would go into detail and explain different examples but I've, I've been faced before by someone who was willing to stab me because I was evil. and he went ahead to say you are evil and you are a prostitute and I promise you that the it person was... who could have saved me yes, here in Lagos um, and the only person who was standing there who could have saved me was a Yoruba person and she kept quiet and said nothing as a matter of fact she let the person get away. When I when I tried when I when I told when I told the person I was going to call the police, which I did, she let the person get away and told me that she had never she she has never seen anybody um um make so much noise as me. That's what she said. After I had just been threatened.
0: And you know, oh it God. just it, yeah, for me what exactly. If you're going to this, it's not so weird to me. Like in Lagos, like are you kidding me? Yes. If, you're, if you, you know Lagos. the thing about some things that were happening in Lagos, right? Most of us people uh-huh. like me who grew up hearing that, obviously with the biafra War, like I grew up hearing that the tension was mainly between the Northerners and um the Igbo people, right? So uh-huh, if you are, say uh-huh. you didn't give me a state, right? And you said, oh, this was happening yeah. during the gubernatorial I would have thought, uh, what part of the north is this happening? Uh, <laughs> like, I would have yeah. never, like, if it's the southwest, I would probably think it's some village in Oshu uh-huh. state. Uh-huh. I wouldn't that it's in Lagos. Like, it is so, it was so, so, so it's too social to me. Because, you know, after NSAS, I thought, okay, Nigeria can't surprise me anymore because that surprise broke yeah. my entire side. So I thought Nigeria can surprise me anymore, but time. in some way, Nigeria just keeps taking the cake. Like it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, um,
1: it's also that thing for me where um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's shock, but I, I do know that as people who are largely traumatized, we live with the trauma of, um, of. You know, killing our own selves in a sense. Um, we hate ourselves. We self sabotage here in Nigeria because I don't understand how else this conversation changed from being oppressor to oppressed to from, from change from that to being Igbo, I suppose Igbo's against Nigerians because that's what it has always been. You don't want us to leave. We have decided we we tra- we tried to leave. You said no we try to stay, you say, no. where do you want us to stay? Do you, give, do you want us to fly? How do you want us to leave? Because for me, it makes no sense. And I don't think it's even a thing of shock for me anymore. Um, when it comes to the conversation of tribalism in Nigeria, I think for me, it's, it's more the eagerness of when we'll move past that as people and start to think as a collective because, because first off, it's, it's, it's more a conversation of, we're going through it together, we're going through all this pain, all this suffering together as a country. So why is it more important to the next person or some people that where a certain person is from is, is, the, is the main cause of events? As opposed to, why does we have good roots? Because there's so much money being put out into the system all the time. We hear a lot of money in Nigeria moving. Look at the elections that just passed right now. 350 billion naira. Some people will never see that money. A lot of people will never see that kind of money till they die. But we're not even bothered about that. We're more concerned about, um, you know, where a person is from. Our monies are being mismanaged. Our economy is crumbling day by day the giant of Africa does not stand tall and what we are still worried about is oh this person is Igbo and this person is Yoruba and this person is Hausa you know circling back to what you mentioned about oh um you would have imagined that this would have been from the north um I remember when I first became interested in you know our history starting from the war. Um, I always wondered to myself that why is it only the north and the south, and um, the southeast that is mentioned in this? Why is the why, why? What were the Yorubas doing when the war was happening? And if you ask me now, I would say they were pushing the propaganda. They were. They're probably still saying, oh those Igbo people served their own is too much because the truth is that Igbo people were also being chased from Lagos at the time, not just the North. Yes, the North was more vocal about it, Um, you know, even as uh, as as good as, you know, having, if you go through the documentaries, you see, um, I can't remember his name now, Um, the Northern leader at the time saying, the reason they were chasing Igbo people out was because they were exploiting their resources. And, you know, for me, If we were sensible as people, why don't we sit on a round table and say, you know, I have wronged you, I apologize, I'm sorry. How about we take a few steps back and look at our strengths as individuals and say, okay, you know what? Since you're good in this, why don't you handle this? And since you, you're good in this, why don't you handle this? So that everyone is held accountable. As opposed to the federal system we have in Nigeria. And I say this with all sarcasm, you know, noted. Like, Why don't we have such a system, understanding fully well that we are a multicultural country? We do not have just one. We have over 250 languages here in Nigeria alone. How about finding a common ground amongst these people and sitting together to ensure that we're all speaking to a common goal? And I think for me, that is what... um, the advent of a strong opposition through the LP and Peter Obi had cost, you know, had raised, raised for us as people, the possibility of more, more than what we were given, more than what we, 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 have been made to believe that we deserve. But it's just sad for me to see that we are still, we're still stuck in the same sandpit for a long time. And it doesn't look like we're living there anytime soon. But then again, Change is not instantaneous. It will happen over time. I hope, my only hope, um, is that, you know, we as people are collectively angry and putting our anger towards actionable steps to make Nigeria better because other than that, I don't see what else, you know, would be worth it or what else will be will be worth fighting or living for, in you know, as a country put together. Um... Regardless, if you ask me my overarching emotions as regards, which is the first question, actually, as regards the elections and Nigeria cities, I think generally it was more sadness than shock because I'm not shocked that it is there. I'm sad that we have not overlooked it because preceding the elections, we had gone through a collective amount of hardship from fuel scarcity, to lack of money in the system, to buying our own money, to the government killing its own, the Lagos state government killing its own people. You know, we've gone through so much together. And, you know, at the point where it matters, the only point where as civilians were able to impute or insert ourselves into, you know, the political ecosystem, we're talking about trivialities, like where a person is from. I think that for me was like definitely my overarching emotion. I was really sad. I was deeply saddened by the elections. And I don't think that it's, it's, it's a feeling that I'm going to shake off anytime soon. Regardless, I will keep demanding a better Nigeria. I will keep believing in a better Nigeria because I'm sure that a better Nigeria is possible. And I'm going to see it. And just making mm-hmm. it
0: out there into the universe. <laughs> okay. we are going to say it and personally, from my opinion, I think we're going to see it sooner than we expect. I, hope I so. think that things are going to shake and things have to shake a lot more. And when I mean shake a lot more, mm-hmm. you have to see a certain amount of more unrest. People people um um I don't wanna incite any form of like or predict any form of violence, but I mean people just coming yeah. out to speak up more. For what they want or what they won't take uh-huh. anymore i think people are tired we're not even looking at yeah. how hungry people are in the country how hungry people are in the system and i was you i was even asking myself during the elections like these people that are talking about tribalism and everything haven't they suffered enough like a lot of people no. that are supporting parties that have shown that they don't really care and it has been a consistent thing over the years like some of them are obviously just settling their own stomachs because a lot of them are like you know listen i know people i know so, <laughs> i know i'll possibly get a position or an offer or uh-huh, something
1: uh-huh. in so office
0: I mean, that's what nigeria has turned us to so i'm not gonna go around just like blaming anyone you know what i mean But at the end uh-huh, of the day uh-huh. I, I still see things shaking a lot more and after after it's done, oh my God, I, I think there is going to be a new Nigeria. I think we are currently birthing a new Nigeria, and these are the labor pains. Like, honestly, I we're in labor so. right now. No pun intended, but. Um, we're really right. I love you. No pun intended, but we really are. I wanted to ask, like, these tribal uh-huh. tensions are not shocked. So, I'm assuming it hasn't really affected. Any of your newer friendships because for you not to be, I was shocked. Like, there's some people I'm like, God, mm. I can't believe this. But are there some people that you'll be like, No, you know what? Day or day, don't talk to me anymore. <laughs> I've seen the um, real you.
1: Do you get what I mean? Um, interestingly, no. Um, I don't have a lot of friends who think differently from me. I think I have a lot of people, I'm surrounded by people who. Um, have similar um, interests and, you know, focus, we have similar focuses. Um, I don't have any friend like that. I don't think there's been anybody through the course of um, this elections that has, that I've said to myself, you know what, you are now my burn enemy. And it was just shocking for me because I see a lot of my other friends, I have other friends who say to me, ah, I'm not talking to this person again. Can you imagine during the elections, this is what this person was saying? I'm so disappointed. I've been so blessed. I have nobody like that around me. I think the only, I only had like two APC um, supporters on my timeline in total. And I blocked the both of them because I don't understand why you're jubilating when the so called 8 million people that voted for your candidate are not jubilating. And it's only you that is jubilating. I don't understand it,
0: That's but yeah, true. it was like, just that people did they vote online because maybe... Ah, <laughs> a lot of my sisters were somewhere, but we're not in Nigeria, and I'm like, bro, ah. did this... you allowed to vote from London?
1: <laughs> virtual, virtual votes because I'm so confused Is that are these real human beings? It was actually so interesting yeah. to see that because you know because. <laughs> For the numbers that were quoted, the, the streets were awfully silent. They were too silent. They were too silent for comfort. I was like, but somebody just won. Why is nobody screaming? But yeah, um, it's part of the theatrics that we are unfolding in Nigeria, you know. So, there's no, there's not so much shock there. Again, as I said, my shock value in Nigeria is not going to spike for any reason. I, I think that For the best part of it, I I know that um, the evil that the government can do is even worse than what we're currently seeing, I assure you. Um, In our history and from time I've been in show, our government has always been set up against us. um, And we're Mm -hmm. yet to find that government that is empathic enough to think about the people. For now, what we see is a lot of bullying, oppression, um, um, you know, amongst different people, especially from the top to the bottom. You know, we have a lot of people who, who thrive off bullying, who want to gain power by all means necessary. As opposed to thinking about what is good for the people, we don't have empathic leaders and even as people we're not empathic people necessarily i believe that nigerians are um are are good people but i don't think we're empathic people we do not feel other people's pain and just as that that's how we function in general um even within africa you find that even africans are snobbish towards nigerians because they just just have that feeling of these people don't really care it's never too deep for them you know and that's just how we i think it's it's, it's our coping make, mechanism that's also there's that born from trauma if you ask me but hey what do i know about these things
0: but yeah we're, we're not empathic not, people because we are very numb we are like very yeah. very numb and then the way we joke about things like i noticed that during nsars like, uh-huh. don't get me wrong, we kind of needed the jokes to get through it, but then I understood why Nigerians were so funny after NSAS. Because <laughs> like, after everything that had been happening with the like palliatives, like everything, exactly. even people went out and commented. I remember, I, would, I think I commented on your post or something. I was like, Lutus, uh-huh. where your palliatives kill us. Like, Yes! <laughs> 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 we're joking. <laughs> We were joking about these things, but I just thought, because I, I remember after that, like during that time, I was managing a social media account for, uh-huh. I was working. So I was a client. Like I, I couldn't just get on social media because I was working. I was man, managing yeah. a company social media. And I went down this rabbit hole on Twitter about Bwari being a clone. About like, uh-huh. I, I swear for like for a whole day, I was just online consuming stuff to the point that my boss was like, <laughs> I think you need a My boss was I telling me- you. Just two days off she's like telling me please <laughs> and i was just like i don't, I don't know what's going on like my brain was just i and that's why i left nigeria i don't really say that mm. enough but it was, after that shooting i i fully had yeah. a mental breakdown i protested or oh, anything wow. like but i had a mental breakdown and i was screaming on the phone and i called my friend and i was like i have to get the fuck out of here i have to just leave this place i just, I just had to I go know didn't really know what was happening but I just felt like running maybe that's my like Sagittarius reaction to everything but <laughs> I needed to run I needed to run and I think the problem also I was starting to see that they were turning people against us so like for example uh-huh. being that my dad was in the army he didn't even yeah. understand I mean would do that he was like that goes against every protocol why would they shoot children and then there was exactly. not propaganda around that it's not true so to him uh-huh. like people like now thinking, is this true? Is it not true? And that broke me even more because I was like, they will kill people and hide the bodies, and they won't accept that exactly. like, this is true. Like, can anything happen here? Like, this is a very lawless place, and yeah. that really was so jarring to me because for the longest time, like I knew Nigeria was bad, but I didn't think Nigeria was that bad. Like, that bad. it will happen. Yeah. Come and publicly deny it. CNN go carry him. We go still deny them. I was like, almost, almost uh-huh. feel this country. Like, uh-huh. I literally. <laughs> i had to, i, I and mean, they shot in broad daylight like this was 4 p.m do you understand this yeah. was not like uh-huh. i remember it was like 4 or 5 p.m it was not like oh middle of the night it started to get dark when they now uh-huh. like as they were loading the boys so yeah yeah they turned off the lights and it was happening for a while people were escaping. they were shooting in the water and the army now comes out and then someone now even denies them I'm just like, what oh. the hell is going on? Like it was such a circus. I think I needed to leave. And I think it's also partly because I'm very sensitive to like energy doing tarot readings and uh-huh. all that stuff. So I could yeah. sense that something happened. And I remember the first time I passed the toll gates, because I live I lived on the main line. I remember the first time I passed the toll gate uh-huh. after the shoot. Almost um, and it was like business as usual. My heart just broke. Cause I was like, I was supposed to be on I was supposed to be lucky that day. So I was just I was like, you might there, like I would have just died and nothing would have happened and people would have just been crossing the same place my blood was spilt over not like uh-huh, uh-huh. and this just goes back to like do you even know of any resources available to young Nigerians during this time because people are just barely keeping it together a lot of people their only plan is just escape I want to Jaqua yeah. that is it and a lot of people who are not even in the country right now, we know that Jackpot leaving the country doesn't stop you from heartbreak of Nigeria, of course. Of course, regardless of where you go, if you are not, especially if you are not a citizen of that country, you are uh-huh. not a first, unless if like uh-huh. you're like British African, But even you know that, even if you are that as a black person. As an African, there is still some prejudice against you. Like even living in the UK, they'll tell us a from me that okay, if you have like a very African sounding name, or if you have like a Muslim name, and my son name is Mohammed. So me, I had African sounding uh-huh. name. You know what I mean? me. I'm oh, Muslim, wow. like so, to be like some of it, like they could reject you from some jobs, certain places. You know, you know what I mean? Oh, wow. I mean, it's, uh-huh. very, it's not the kind of thing that people will come out and say out loud, but these things happen. I have a friend exactly. who they told her brother that he's not ethnically compatible. I I think he can. I still think he can sue those people. But how can you sue somebody that's not? Ethnically wow. Compatible? What does that even mean? Because they couldn't find a reason to like turn him down. I think that's that's the the thing the person said and it slipped out. Because now thinking about it, this happened years ago though. But thinking about yeah. it, you can like this woke movement now. You can cancel the whole establishment. But uh-huh. back then it was a couple of years, maybe like five ten years ago or something like that so maybe it wasn't the same but you still deal with these things even though you're british or american and Very so the true. heartbreak is yeah. not because i remember my friend my friend was chilling he was because he he just left nigeria last year so he was chilling posting yeah. pictures in yeah. London. and i was like hey, you know it will send us we with the worry by election it was like calling me i'm having ai had a panic attack last night i couldn't sleep like don't oh, let my sad. pictures fool yeah. you and that's what i'm saying I don't think this breakfast that Nigeria gives you exempt just because you travel. Now you may think, okay, yeah, maybe your future could be more um, sorted, especially for your kids, being citizens, uh-huh. healthcare, education, that stuff. Okay, that's that one safe day, and the peace of mind. Like living in Ghana is so peaceful for me. Different things, but yes. I'm still a Nigerian. Like I still have like old colleagues I used to work with. When I want to talk, they'll be like, ah, it's not your country that snakes of so money. Why are you coming here to talk as if you need know? Oh
1: wow, that shade is too so deep. I love it. <laughs> it's just too oh, much. Like,
0: you it's... can't catch
1: a break. <laughs> no, it's a constant you it's a constant race. You you you'll keep running it like whether you're here or not. Nigeria just finds a way to catch up with you.
0: Um,
1: I think in light of even this jackpot uh craze that's happening in Nigeria now, it's not the first time that Nigeria has seen an exodus like this. I think but this is of the highest number. Um, and still counting. We have a lot of people checking out of Lagos so or out of Nigeria every day from different parts of the country. Um, but for me, what what I'm beginning to understand is that we're, not, we're literally in agreement, we're running away and the sad thing is that we're running to countries where we know nothing of their own culture Um. how long are we going to keep running for? Even if your generation, the one that you can currently see does not come back to Nigeria some parts of your generation will be eager enough for, you know, to ask the question, oh where am I from? Oh I want to go to Nigeria and What are they going to come and see? The truth is that at the end of the day, we cannot all run away from Nigeria, which is the the sad truth. Even if me as a child escapes from Nigeria, I still have family here, I have cousins here, I have memories here, and those memories will forever be here. Now, would I say I'm going to run away and leave all of these things as opposed to trying to make a change for the country that i currently live in because either way i'm going to fight i'm going to fight when i'm outside nigeria and i'm going to fight when i'm in nigeria so the question is where would i rather be fighting um i don't know what impact like we feel when we say when we when we think about jack Wayne. um but i when when i think about jack Wayne, i think of Why isn't it possible for me to dream, have any dreams that are related to being here in Nigeria? Why must I have a foreign dream of a land I know nothing about? Why must I aspire to that as opposed to trying to fix what is broken here? Of course, not one man can save the system or the country. And I'm not trying to be that one man. But it really does start with one person. And if as a collective we can stand to say, I mean, I think more than anything, Nigerians have come to see how much power lies within, like within us and with us as people. I don't know if and if we're taking notice of that and how much more um, difficult it is seeming to ride over us and that's only possible if we if we start to harness our our power as people because that's what the government is supposed to be for us by us but unfortunately we 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 run away from it and i think to be very honest the government rides on the fact that we're not willing to to fight or to stay or to demand for what is truly ours And hence why the evil perpetrates. Hence why this wickedness lingers. It's so it's so sad to see that we're second class citizens in another country than to be in our own country and fight and make things right for ourselves. I mean, key thing you said
0: is we'll run than fight for our own uh country, and and that's true. We're all guilty of it because the only thing is just like oh, just check out of this place. Just check out of this place and. It has just become so overwhelming because i would think about it as much as i'm here like yeah i think of buying property and all that stuff
1: uh-huh. i want my
0: children to, to Nigeria. i want my children to experience nigeria i want my children to uh-huh. have certain things that i had that were like very fun things like road trips i remember yes. road trips fondly growing up in nigeria in the north in the southwestern uh-huh. part of those were opportunities for us to even bond with our parents i remember going like traveling from um going from Zaria to Jaji, different places and wow. not like just those experiences. But by road, you know, I'm with yeah. my dad driving, like, my mom in the front seat and those even like pictures of that I will never forget, seeing uh-huh. Zumarok, different things. Like you no, know, there's a the face, can you see the face? I will be driving past there. Can you do this? Like yes. you know, those are very fun memories. And i don't want to just be here or in ghana or maybe in canada or wherever and i'll be saying oh, we are traveling into state and in my own country they can't do that like i'm so you know like i really wish that new nigeria is birthed and and i know it's going to be let's just say we are speaking it into existence like when this podcast yes. comes out to start um listening to it hopefully it can enable them to hang on and hang in there so what, what would you say is like a way you've been able to take care of yourself mentally, like value your mental health in this time? And do you know of any resources yeah. that are available to the general public, like to young Nigerians that can help in terms of mental health right now?
1: Um, I'll say that personally, engaging in these conversations with people of like minds, has really helped to a large extent my mental stability and sanity, um, because sitting on my own and internalizing of this was was crushing. But hearing other people say or put, you know, um, explain better or say better what I had in mind has been really soothing and has been really helpful um listening to music has also been helpful for me um I'm not even going to underestimate that also working out um to be honest going to the gym and just like having some sort of kick and rush has also really helped me in this time um I've tried to stay away from too much triggering content actually that's me as a person in general I actually have a hate relationship with a love hate relationship with social media. I stay far away from social media as I possibly can as a person. If possible, I would interface once a week with social media. Um so trying to declutter and stay away from all the negative news and all the um all the all the pressure that's going on. Um and just, you know, really getting into myself. Um I've also tried aromatherapy so getting Incense and candles help me relax. So, really, just been indulging a lot with that. Um, as regards to um, resources or NGOs that um, might be helpful to uh, to Nigerians or um, young people here in Nigeria that are probably traumatized right now by all that's happening, I'll say many. There's this um, NGO called Mentally Aware Nigeria. Money. I know that they've been putting out a lot of um, awareness and um, um, they're also willing and open to um, help Nigerians who, young Nigerians who are probably feeling pressed from all that's going on. I also know, um, I think I heard yesterday, someone was telling me about um, another NGO called Love, Peace and Mental Health Foundation, um, LPM. I know that they also are um, um, helping to promote um, mental wellness and health in this time for Nigerians between the ages of 18 and 40, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And I also have a a friend who is a therapist and I think that if if we're able to afford it to be advisable to visit a therapist um, as much as we can and, and find more um, engaging and productive ways to center all that energy away from the negativity that is happening because we at the end of the day need clear minds to fight this evil that is before us to be honest uh, and in, in not, you're not putting this in any small way we also need God um I don't know if I don't know if um were firm believers in in you know in in the entity that is god but we really do need god for for clarity of mind and and certainty of purpose because it's it's there's nothing more um there's nothing more humanly that we can do than to to recenter refocus and go again i hope that these conversations don't stop i hope that we keep speaking up i hope that we continue to demand this change that we deserve because we really, really do deserve it.
0: Yeah, I think that's it. Really Thank you yeah. so much for that, especially what you said about social media. I think me and you were on the same table. I just oh, come, I was time. posted, yeah, because like just staying away from social media, even besides the elections, right? So, in the last uh-huh. Yeah, especially because I went through, I will say, tough year mentally last year. Just a lot of, I said, so growing sorry. pains and reorganizing. You know, things, visualizing uh-huh. like plans, and stuff like that. And uh-huh. I found that at some point it was very hard to be on social media and being very away tough. and not like having all that noise. Comparing myself to people, somebody asking, "What have you achieved?" It's 2022, and this is I'm like, oh my god, uh-huh. everybody like all these overly motivational people along with the people who pressure people, like just uh-huh. it's just like can we just breathe and i think In that's also seconds. one thing like also this putting pressure on ourselves like we're very ambitious people as nigerians and sometimes when uh-huh. we us being too so like overly thinking of what it is we can achieve we get so discouraged easily and the yes. excessive motivation and everything and now with the elections it's like you're getting so much of the same news I actually realized mm-hmm. I had to do something like I posted even on my on my stories and I actually realized oh my god you are feeding more into the chaos by just watching exactly. these things and reading them and commenting and I read some comments and I'll be like what kind of person is this and people will be attacking mm-hmm. that person I'm just like we are very divided amongst ourselves. But anyway, yeah. we've talked about the negative things, or a lot of the negative things about like, Nigeria and uh-huh. the election. So I want us to end this on like a very positive note. What do you love, love about being Nigerian?
1: Being Nigerian. <laughs> I love being Nigerian. I think... The most interesting part, thing for me, being Nigerian, is the people. As crazy as we are, as blindsided, nomad, very, very I don't know, I don't even know the words. Let me not, let me not, not give us any bad names. But as really psychotic as we are, we're also very warm people. I think. Um, I've not been a lot around Africa but here but the few countries that I've been in in comparison to Nigeria were very welcoming. We're very welcoming people we have we don't have time for some some level of 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 unnecessary hate if that makes any sense. I love how resourceful and resilient we are as people um the economy forces us, forces us to always uh, to jumpstart a lot. And so we, we're, we're natural go-getters. Um, I love the food. Oh, I love the food here in Nigeria. We never miss it with the food. I love the energy in Nigeria. It is how expectant we are. We're very hopeful people. I can see why we're why, 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 like... We're ranked happiest people alive one time because we really do know how to bounce back. We know how to, we know how to keep it going, even though therein lies, you know, our pain. But we also just are very resilient. I love being Nigerian. I would never trade it or speak it in whispers that I am Nigerian. I really, really do love being Nigerian. Um, how rich a culture we have! How diverse our people, how, how diverse we are as people, and then again the food. I have to come back to the food because that's very important to me. Nigerian food has made me cry, like from a lack of it. I was I was in deep sorrow because I had no Nigerian food around me. Um, I just love how 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 we are how we are as people, how resilient how industrious, how resourceful, how hardworking. Once a Nigerian puts their mind to something, they are going to do it. You know, and just being the loudest in the room sometimes, uh, it has its pluses to it. I, I, I don't regret being Nigerian. I, I I actually, it's fascinating to me, actually.
0: it is right? I always tell people being Nigerian is a flex. Like, as Honestly. much as people, insult my a government or whatever you know what keep the government safe but <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so as as we, can, we can give them to you if you want but as much as, yeah, as other africans but like as much as people can insult different things like we are so resilient and we are so amazing yes, like yeah. the kind of things we can do i'm telling you uh-huh. people always say okay the nuclear war should happen in the world right cancel that it's not going to happen but like if it is that um, roaches will survive, but Nigerians will be alive. There will be people alive lifestyle- selling. <laughs> 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 Definitely more. We'll find a way. Yeah, like- <laughs> God, great. We don't agree. <laughs> we don't agree. We are just on another level. We'll be there. We'll I'm be there. Just- like, think no. about all the stuff that happens in Nigeria. Our <laughs> population is growing. I'm mean, like you, you cannot out. With all an <laughs> <laughs> you know the things that happen, see, no matter how many people jackpot from that country, there'll still be at least 150 million people. Well, one you know, like every i
1: promise you. even well, well, well,
0: not sex. Sex. That's like, why babies are aggressive sex that's what we're having here in Nigeria it's just like that's what what we call it (laughs) I promise you
1: (laughs) because you need to let away this tension somehow and you know that that when you orgasm you know the feeling it's just like yes (laughs) let
0: me me not say too much but let me be very frank right (laughs) Yes, Nigeria. A lot more sex than other places, cause the tension, the drive. Yeah, there's something to the edge of. Like, That place, the energy is like, zzz, like it's just buzzing. Because like, yeah. I remember when I went, to, went back to visit Nigeria from Ghana, and then I, as soon as I landed back in Ghana after like a month in Nigeria, right? Uh-huh. I felt like I had been holding my breath for one month. I swear to you know. God. <laughs> The energy, even like from dancing. the airport. <laughs> like, she to me that as soon as she lands in Maritana Mohammed Airport, and she just says, You didn't crash, she's like, Oh, but I'm home. I'm so happy I'm home. Oh. <laughs> I Who are you talking to? Come here. Like that aggression. <laughs> That's the sprinkle of sauce oh of a Nigerian. Like, if you're in there's no way. Most gentle Nigerian has an aggressive streak, you just haven't seen it. You just haven't seen it. Just push them, honestly. Just just push them, just push them,
1: and you're you're letting hell loose for sure. It's
0: like all the tension. You know, I have a theory, right? Before we close, Mm I have a theory that it's Yes, I think it's it's making us crazy because when we leave, like (laughs) there's something about that that is so charged. All the mineral resources that are in that land, yes. first of all, and all Very the sure. think about it, like all the spiritual like groups and religions, yeah. and ifa things uh. that are spread across from Nigeria, Nigerian uh-huh. even people, even through the slave trade, even through traveling around the world, like there's something about the energy of that place. I think Very it's sure. the land, that's a few houses. Oh, if you're a Nigerian, it's in your DNA, there's no escaping it. So sure, yeah. that. Energy is there, but you know what? Maybe we will live to see a day, and I hope we'll see it soon. And our children will see a better Nigeria, okay? So, thank you so much, thank you so much. A fantastic episode, a ranting session, discussion, everything. Yeah, and please tell us where we can find you, like on social media. I know you don't use social media, well, just advertise yourself, okay.
1: Um, they can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at U-G-O um, no that's that's wrong U-H-G-O-C-H-E-E at Ugochi on both platforms um, also I co-host a podcast called 234 Essential you can hear me every week it drops every Wednesday um, of every week um, you can also catch me on there um but yeah follow hit me up say something nice um
0: yeah basically okay Check guys follow the body by the way so like follow Please don't show me. <laughs> all right thank you Gochi.